This is Dr. Hubert, and you're listening to The Dr. Hubert Show. Hello, friends. Welcome to The Dr. Hubert Show. I am so excited about this show today. I can't wait. I woke up this morning uh, on a dead run, ready to go, because today we're going to be talking a little bit about some of the uh, trials and triumphs and struggles that I've had in my life. We're even going to talk about some of the deepest, darkest days of my life. Um, But it's all to inspire you. Um, you know, these things, when I look back on them, I can't even believe I was there at, at one point. Um, but uh, hopefully it resonates with you. Hopefully it brings you to a place where, you know what, uh, if he can do it, I can do it as well. And I, I've really survived on that theory. I always look for people who uh, who have been struggling or overcome their struggles in situations far worse than mine. So uh, this show is going to be great today. I'm super excited about it. I'm super excited to share this with you. I hadn't shared this with a whole a lot of people, the people closest to me, uh, know most of these stories. But uh, for you, uh, should be some brand new information that uh, should really help you, uh, really help inspire you, help you to grow, and help you realize that uh, you know my my path to my path to greatness uh, started where everybody else else's past uh, path to greatness started as well. So. All paths to greatness start in hell. And uh, today we're going to be talking about some of those points in my life. Like I say, it's kind of hard for me to even even believe that it wasn't that long ago uh, that I was at a place where I'm like, which way do I go? Uh, Which way do I go? Left looks bad and right looks worse. Uh, So um, thinking back on this, just thinking back some of the, the some of the biggest struggles and the most defining moments in my entire life. I think there's one moment that really, um, you know, do you go left? Do you go right? Or you just run over right? in the middle and just start mowing over. Uh, and I've been there. So I think back to um, really right right after my mother's funeral. Uh, my mother died six weeks after I had started chiropractic school. And uh, we had our funeral. This is about a week later. I had some classes I had to finish up and things like that. But I remember sitting at the edge of town at the very last red light of my hometown, about to head back to Dallas. And I remember thinking, what are you doing? I was exhausted. I was tired. I was mentally bankrupt. I was emotionally distraught. Uh, I was worried about my dad and wondered how he was going to live without the love of his life. Um, and I really wondered more than anything, what are you doing? What are you What are you heading towards? It's not like I was doing exceptionally well in school because she had been really sick since I got there. So that was a big distraction that really limited my focus. And not to mention the school was just flat hard. It was tough. Um, you know, they really try to get you out of there uh, within that first trimester because they don't want you to run up a bunch of debt that you have to carry for the rest of your life. So uh, it reminds me of some of the college orientations where they tell you to look to your left and look to your right because the person sitting next to you is not going to be here next semester. That's kind of the way it was. It was no joke. And uh, I really didn't know what I was getting into when I went. I really wasn't prepared. Um, I got in, but I'd always I'd always just really got by on just talent and not really work ethic. So um for me, that was a tough time. It was a tough time. My grades really weren't that good. My mom had died. I went to her funeral. I'm sitting at this stoplight or this red light thinking, uh, thinking, what are you doing? Um, and ironically, at the time, oil was over $100 a barrel. So all of my friends that I grew up with were still in oil and gas. They went and worked for their parents' companies or friends' companies, or some of them started their own companies, and they were getting filthy rich. They were doing well, uh, and my story didn't look anything like that. I was tired, exhausted. I was I was hurt emotionally, and 
I really wasn't enjoying my experience because it was so incredibly difficult and I wasn't having much success. But I remember when the light turned green that I just took off. And, um, you know, I, I remember watching and looking at the stripes in the road. And I believe I looked at every single stripe between Andrews, Texas and Dallas, Texas or Irving, where I actually live. So I remember watching the stripes as they went by. I really wasn't paying attention to traffic. I really wasn't paying attention to what was around me. I just remember these stripes just going by one after another and after another. So for about the first hour, I wondered why I was doing this and where I was going and why, why, why are you continuing to beat yourself up? Why are you continuing to go to a place? Because I knew I was entering the firestorm. I knew I had work to catch up on. I knew I had, um, I knew what my grades were like. I knew the pressure that I was, I was driving towards. And there was a part of me that said, you know what, let's just turn around. Let's call the school and tell them I quit. And let's call the apartment that I was staying in and let's call them and tell them, look, you can have everything in it. Here's the five personal items I want. If you mail them to me, you can have the rest. And it really crossed my mind. Like, I'm never going back here. I'm not even moving home. You can have all my belongings. I'm done with this. This experience is over. This project is over. I just want to go home. But uh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So I just kept watching the lines, kept watching those lines pass by. And I don't remember anything other, on that drive other than that. And I remember the closer I got, I remember thinking, okay, don't do this. Do not allow yourself to go back into this unless you are going to finish this journey. Okay. So no one's going to push you out. No one's going to shove you out and you're not even allowed to think about quitting ever again. So if you make it to Irving, Texas today, you are not leaving and coming back until you have your doctorate degree. And that was the only op option. That was my ultimatum to myself. And I remember actually arriving at the apartment, getting all my bags and stuff out and walking up the stairs and thinking, all right, this is it. We're not, we're not ever thinking about quitting again. And the only way this journey is over is with the actual doctorate degree. And, um, I went through school for the next three years with a, a bit of a chip on my shoulder. I'd never been a chippy person. I'd always been a, a happy person. And I love to laugh and talk to people and tell jokes and hear people's stories and get to know people. But um, everything had changed. It became a little bit chippy. I kind of kept to myself. I had to find myself. I was kind of a loner. Uh, people ask me today, how was your time in Dallas? I can't tell you a thing about the city because I really didn't really get to know the city until after after I graduated. So um just took a real seriousness, you know, just a real seriousness and a real focus like I never had before. I mean, I always thought I had had a high level of focus because I had a, a really good junior golf career and that took a lot of focus and anything I ever wanted to do in my life, I always thought I had a level of focus. But this level of focus went to a whole new level uh, and it's because my why was much bigger. Um, as I was driving, I remember I remember thinking my thinking about one of my last experiences at the actual chiropractic school. So. I remember I got the news that my mother, uh, my mother had passed away on a Sunday night. Actually, it was actually Monday morning. So it was about it was about three or four o'clock in uh, on a Monday morning. And my dad had called and left me a message. I had actually been up, you know, really late studying. I had a seven o'clock class. I got the I got the news. I got his message on the phone about uh, somewhere about uh, about five five thirty. And I remember. I remember thinking, uh, okay, I just need a minute. I just need to breathe. And I remember thinking, I want to stand up, but I don't know if my legs will work. I want to breathe, but I don't know if I can get the next breath. 
um, you know, just hearing the my dad's voice just crack on the on the voicemail and uh, really listening to how defeated he was and how hurt he was and uh, how he really, really, really hated to call me and tell me that my mother had passed away. And I remember walking down the stairs of my apartment and uh, going to get into my car and thinking, you know what, I just need like an hour. I need an hour just to get this together, get myself together. I had a test at 7 a.m. So I went in uh, to the professor's office about 6.30. I knocked on the door, she opened the door, and I said, hey, can, is there any way that I can come back during my lunch break or after my classes are done this afternoon and take this test? And I remember her looking at me and saying, you're already here, so you might as well take it. So these are these are these moments where you're like, you've got to be kidding me. Is this really happening? Um, but really, I didn't even have the energy to, to fight with her. I just said, OK, I'll be there. So I took the test and that was kind of my last memory. I knew I was walking back into a place to where, you know what, this is no joke. These people aren't going to cut you any slack. They're not going to do you any favors. In fact, they're going to make this a pretty difficult experience from start to finish. But um, I rolled my sleeves up. You know, I, I, I dusted myself off and basically said, you know what, you, you don't you've awakened a dragon. Um, here I come. Here I come with authority. Here I come with uh with an ideology that I'm going to take command of my life. And from that point on, um, I really quit uh, taking things for granted. Um, now, when I do things, I do them to the fullest. I check, I recheck, I double check. Um, you know, when I want to know something, I want to know every perspective of it, every view of it. Um, I don't just take things with a grain of salt. And it's because you couldn't assume anything because it seemed like everybody was kind of out to trip you up or mess you up or that sort of thing. But the education I got, I can't, I can't, I can't deny that it wasn't great. It was, it was a fantastic education. I learned what I needed to learn, um, you know, and it, it really contributes to my success today and what I do in my day to day practice. But I will say, in those moments, it just felt like the whole world was stacked against me. So, if you're out there and you're listening to this, you know, and you you felt like this before, you're like, when bad situations continue to get worse, okay? So it was bad enough. My mother had just passed away. Got really bad that I was forced to take a test within an hour of finding out uh, that she had passed away. And then I'm really deciding, you know, is this really worth doing? Um, we could literally do this and, and ruin yourself for the rest of your life. You could create a level of debt that you can never get out of if you don't if you don't get the degree to go with the debt. Then um, there's just so many things running through my head, and not to mention uh, all my friends and everybody out west. They're doing well. I mean, every time I talked to one, it was talking about you know their tremendous success. They're making all this money and taking trips and buying second homes and exotic cars and all kinds of cool things. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know what, I'm sitting in an apartment that I don't like going to a school that I don't really enjoy and I'm not really having much success in it, but there is, there is a bigger goal. So, you know, use this. This is uh this is the kind of things that I hope can inspire and help other people. I hope that I was able to go through this so that you can relate to this, to, uh, to turn this into something that no matter how bad your situation is, there has been someone who is in a 
far worse situation that has achieved greatness. And that's what this is all about. That's what this show is about. The Dr. Hubert Show is about helping you find your greatness. Uh, I learn a lot from this show in preparation preparation for this show. You know, just even this morning, I was thinking about things that I hadn't thought about in over a decade. Now I spend most of my time thinking about uh, success and growth and strategy, not so much about the terrible things that have happened. But it is, it is kind of interesting to revisit those things as I talk about this and talk about this story. But, you know, as I went into this and went back to school, I just said, you know what, uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be ugly. And obviously it was getting a rough start going back. And I remember it was it wasn't much longer. And the, the trimester ended. Uh, the trimester was over and I got this letter that I had to show up to the dean of academics office. And I can never be good. Let me tell you, that's one of those letters that you just don't want, but you'll never forget. And I walked in and he basically said, you know, things hadn't gone as well as you'd hoped, I'm sure. And I said, no, they hadn't gone as well as I'd hoped. He said, well, on this situation, unfortunately, you know, we're going to we got to make a decision. We can either we can either put you on academic probation, which means you uh, you're on probation. You bring your your grades up the next next trimester or um, or you can repeat the semester and uh, you don't have to be on probation. But the deal is, is if you have two semesters of academic probation that uh, that you're going to you're going to be asked to leave school. So. I had to carry this pressure because it was trimester one. It was the very first one and there were, I had eight more to go. So uh, what do you do? Do you start over? I'm like, I don't know if I want to start over. I'm not a start over kind of guy. Or do you just bet on yourself and say, you know what? I can go the next eight and uh, do great things. So I elected to take my crummy grades and my probation and go into the next trimester and just give it all I got, all I had. I mean, I gave it all I had for the next eight and uh, never revisited probation and uh, got off probation in the next in the next trimester and have never looked back. I mean, never looked back. I, I continue to do things that I never even thought I could do, uh, continue to grow in ways that I never thought I could. But uh, the same person sitting at that red light, you know, wondering what what are we doing, uh, had to make a decision uh, to keep doing it or to, you know, abort the mission and go find something else to do. And this was tough for me because I'd always done well in everything I'd done up to that point. And here I was literally scraping the bottom of the barrel, feeling like a bottom feeder, feeling like I maybe didn't deserve to be there. I was in the wrong place and, and, and not necessarily um, at the right spot in my life. So I was incredibly confused. I was tired. I was emotionally tired. I was confused. I was hurt. Um, but all of that turned into fuel. Um, you know, it, it really fueled me. Um, not only did I have a chip on my shoulder, I had a lot of fuel and a lot of fire. Um, I had something to prove. Um, and also, you know, every day you, you're motivated by one of two things. You're either motivated by pain or pleasure. For me, I was motivated by the pain of the potential of being kicked out of school. You know, everybody knows where you're at and what you're doing. And if you have to make an early departure, that just doesn't look good. It doesn't sit well. And those are the kind of things that can define your life. But um, because of that, that's what gave me the drive, the focus, the motivation to always find that little bit of extra. You know, when I didn't want to study, I found that little bit of energy to study. When I didn't want to take those extra steps and go to open labs and, and, and um, you know, in study groups and those kind of things, we, I'd always find it, you know, because I knew uh, that no matter what happened, I wanted to know that I left it all on the line, that I give, I gave it my all. 
Uh, I didn't want to have to second guess myself and think, you know, I would still be in school today if I had to just spend another 15 minutes or I had to just not taken that nap and went to the study group. You know, I did those things because I knew if they were going to get rid of me, uh, they were going to get rid of every bit of me, not part of me, not a partial, not a half truth, every bit of me. So uh, for the next three years, that's what we did. I mean, it was just all about focus, all about grinding um, and really surrounding myself with positive people in positive situations and looking at other people who had been in in worse situations. And um, I, I became a member of the Potter's House in Dallas, uh, where T.D. Jakes preach, preaches. And I I went there every Sunday for uh, really almost four years. I went there for a long time. And uh, I remember him telling this story and his story just resonated with me. It, it, it really stuck with me. And it's he said that uh, he had this church in West Virginia and he he preached to the same nine people for six years. These are nine people for six years or six people for nine years. But you kind of get the drift that he wasn't the T.D. Jakes that we know today that fills up entire arenas. I mean, people literally eight, 10, 12,000 people show up to hear him every single Sunday. But for a long period of time, he preached to these same people. And he said he used to pray. He used to pray to the Lord to to deliver a big church, a big congregation, a big church. He said, these people don't sing, they don't dance, they don't worship, they don't pray. And he said in the middle of his prayer, he said, that's why they need you. And that's why I brought you here. If they did sing, if they did dance, if they did worship, if they did pray, uh, I wouldn't need you. And he had been promised a big church that he thought he was going to get very early in his career. And it fell through at the last minute. And he was feeling about the way I was feeling. He was emotionally bankrupt, just tired, fatigued, hurt that he was going to have to continue to preach to the same small group of people. And for me, that just that really resonated with me. You know, a few things happened along the way. I remember I remember the same dean of academics I had to I had talked to him in his office about whether, what I was going to do, whether I was going to start over or continue. But I remember going to the front of the room one day and turning in a test. And he was in there. And he said, he looked at me straight in my eyes. And this test was hard. It just, I mean, I literally felt like I just had my eyes sucked out. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't really know how that went. And he looked at me and he said, um, he said, that's a good man right there. And he's going to make an excellent chiropractor one day. And that was a defining moment for me. I mean, the same dean that was asking me, do I want to continue or start over soon after was saying, that's a great man. And he's, you're going to make a fine chiropractor one day. And uh, that those are the things, you know, you never forget those kind of moments because, you know, when I'm in his when I was in his office, I really thought, oh, gosh, this guy thinks I'm another slug. And he's had 20, 20 years of seeing slugs come here and come up short. And I'm just another one. And. Uh, that was just one of those powerful moments. And then I remember being at trimester five and getting to a place where um, one of the professors at the beginning of the class said, uh, he said, you made it this far. You're going to make it. Y'all are all going to be doctors. If you were going to quit, you would have quit by now. And for me, it had never crossed my mind that I was actually going to make it until I was over, really over halfway finished with the entire entire school. So 
Um, that was one of those powerful things that you never forget. But I remember taking all these little bitty things, these little bitty fragments and these little bitty things and, and, and using it as fuel. I mean, that's what I needed more than anything. I just needed fuel. I needed fuel. And because of that, I, I, I got this endurance, you know, this endurance to keep going. And this whole process was just preparing me, uh, for, for what life really is about. You know, life is really, ultimately, it's not about who's the most talented, who's the most gifted, who has the most money. It's really nothing about that. It's really about who can stand to stick it out the longest, okay? So who who is the most relentless and doesn't give up? And I, you know, these are the life lessons that I've used in virtually everything. Um, now, I actually welcome hard journeys like this when they when I get hit in the face with things now. Uh, I giggle, I smile, I love it because um, you know it's like it's like getting in a boxing match and uh, you take those first couple of hits from your opponent, but you're like all you do is smile because you're like there's no way this person is going to knock me out. And for me, that's the way life is. Uh, I feel like life is. I will not allow life to knock me out. It has knocked me down on many occasions, but life is not about how you get knocked down. It's about how you get up and. Um, we're in a world right now where it's tough. I mean, we are being hit by everything under the sun. The whole country is divided. Uh, everything that surrounds us, um, really, as far as the free media goes, it's just negative. It's discord. It's hate. Um, it's telling you how bad things are about to be. But the reality of it is, is that, um, you know, you get to decide your environment. You get to create your own environment and turn turn your life into whatever you want it to be. OK, so so. Um, if you're down and out and you're hurting, you know, trust me, I have been there. I mean, every day of my life, I mean, although most people see me smiling and, and, and having a good time and giving lots of thumbs up and high fives and those kind of things, but it hasn't always been this way. Now, I just refuse to have it any other way. I mean, I absolutely refuse. So no matter how bad things are, how dark things get, um, just believe, believe that it's all a part of a process and it's all a, a part of finding out uh, how bad you want to get to your goals, because everything worth doing is going to come with some kind of some kind of opposition. Where you know, for me, I work with lots of people who are who are trying to get their health back. Whether it's just trying to walk better, or live without pain, or lose a few pounds to take some weight off their joints and, and get more mobile, um, I tell every single one of them, you're going to have early success, but the opposition will come. Um, you know, I tell people when they're trying to lose weight, I promise during your weight loss journey, you've never been invited to so many parties with open food and open buffets and open bars as you have once you try to do better. Um, you know, when you try to better your finances, I see people all the time, they try to better their finances, they start saving, whether it's with, you know, Dave Ramsey or some other program and they are, they're putting this money away for the first time in their life. And then things just mysteriously start breaking. OK, air conditioners go out. Cars don't start. Uh, car accidents happen. Uh, just embrace the journey. Embrace this. You know, now after what I've been through, I just know that no matter how hard or how devastating or frustrating it gets, that it will get better. I don't know when I can't put a time clock on it, but you have to embrace it. You can't let it kill you. So in this environment that we're in, we got this COVID thing where, you know, we're seeing lots of people around us that are sick. I've seen people, you know, I've seen more sick people this year than, than I ever have in my entire 15 year career. Uh, I've never seen this many sick people, but a lot of it is just, you know, these people were sick way before COVID. They just didn't realize it. COVID is just exposing the real truth. Okay. So it's exposing the real truth that America has a lifestyle problem. 
You know, we eat too much, we drink too much, we stay up too late, we're too sedentary, we stress and worry too much. Um, and these are the things that make you susceptible uh, to sickness and disease. These are the things that break your body down. These are the things that cause crippling arthritis and Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia. These are all lifestyle things. And what COVID is doing is just exposing weaknesses in people's lifestyle. So people who are, you know, people who are diabetics, people who have carried, you know, lots of extra weight for years and years, and it's always been on a to-do list, but there's never been any action steps to do it in, in order to lose the weight. Uh, they're getting exposed right now. And a lot of them, a lot of them aren't getting second chances, which is incredibly unfortunate. But we have to take this climate, you know, and what's what's happening around us and figure out what we can do to be better, what we can do to be healthier, what we can do to help one another out. I think that's going to be the biggest thing is to realize that we really are all in this together. Uh, we need one another, um, but we need one another in a positive spirit and a helpful spirit. We need one another like um Really like when a national disaster happens, when when a Hurricane Harvey happens or a Hurricane Katrina happens, we all pull together and help one another. You know, when when people drive around in flooded areas with their boats to pick people up, they don't ask them, are you a Republican or are you a Democrat or what is your nationality or what is your race or how much money do you have or do you belong to the country club or not? People don't ask those questions. They just see people in need and they help each other out. And we've kind of, I feel like we're in the biggest national disaster we've ever seen. So we better do everything we can to help one another because we need one another. And, um, you know, if you're you're in those deep, deepest, darkest states, you know, if you, if you realize that, oh my, I've sat at the red light just like Dr. Hubert and wondered, what am I doing here? How did I get here? And how did things go so terribly wrong? Um, surround yourself with positive people. Uh, find yourself, your group, your network, and it doesn't have to be an entourage. We don't really need entourages. Um, Mid-level people have entourages. Upper-level people, there's a there's a saying that goes around that the upper-level people, the, the air is thin up there. They don't have a lot of people around them. Their circles are really small. They have very important, very good people around them, but it's not a whole bunch of people. So if you're around people that are tearing you down or making it where it's impossible for you to really get up and get moving and get 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 your life and take command of your life to make it where you want it to be, um, it's time to, like I said in one of my previous episodes, it's time to either, either have a good talking to those people and see if they can change their ways. And if they can't, it's time to rid of those people and pump positive information, thoughts, beliefs, ideas, energy into your head 24-7. There's so many ways to be positive and find the light. Find the light in these situations. I am so grateful today for every single thing that has happened to me in my life, meaning I am grateful for the passing of my mother when she did. I am grateful for the passing of my father when he did. I am grateful for that professor telling me on the morning that my mother passed away that I needed to go ahead and take the test. I'm grateful for all of these things because I know, I know they made me better. I know they made me tougher. I know they made me stronger. And the tougher I am, the stronger I am, the more dedicated I am, the more I can help you. And that's what this is really all about. And if I hadn't had those experiences, who knows? I mean, really, the road to paradise, the road to paradise starts from the same place. It always starts in hell. And you can ask anybody, you can read anybody's story. Uh, anybody who's had tremendous success has been there. Now, they may not choose to talk about it. They may cover it up. They may hide it. They may try to forget about it. 
But uh, I tell my story simply to help you, to help others. Um, that's really, really what it's all about. So um, find that network of positive people. Um, find, the, find the positives in everything you're going through. Now when things happen, when I'm sitting at these red lights now at these low points, it still happens occasionally. It doesn't happen often, and it definitely doesn't happen near as long because I'm much more in control of it. Okay, I'm much more in control of what's happening. But when you find the positives and find the, find the beauty of everything that's happening in your life, you have to realize that we are we are truly a blessed society. We're a blessed group of people. And there's greatness in each and every one of us. It's just about finding it. You just have to go find it. You don't have to create your greatness. You just have to go find your greatness. It's in there. Some of you are, you know, musicians. Other people are painters and artists and that sort of thing. Uh, other people are amazing counselors and amazing healers and that sort of thing. But who, who knows what your talent is? I'm, I'm amazed by people. Uh, people truly amaze me. I, I like watching those things on social media where, you know, people do all these radical backflips and do all the Jackie Chan kind of things and, and do stuff on skateboards. And I really love the ones where the guys do all the trick shots with the golf, golf clubs where they bounce balls all around the room and then hit it, you know, and, and, and do all those things. People are amazingly talented. And trust me, God didn't forget you when it came to your talent. You are overflowing with talent. You just got to find what that talent is and find your greatness and put it in position. Put it in position to where you can help others with it, inspire others, and make it almost contagious to where people want to be around you, to where situations, people, and ideas come towards you to where you can do wonderful things, you know, and that's that's what this life's about is making it making it great um, because it's all here. It's all laid out. Um, it doesn't depend on who's president and who's not. It doesn't depend on uh, which side you vote on, whether you're a Republican or Democrat or somewhere in between. It doesn't matter really how much money you have or don't have. Um, if you're great at what you do, uh, the money will come. Uh, the success will come. The opportunity to help others will come. And you're going to find out that even if your your talent is incredibly unique, that there are a whole lot of other people that really need you. They want to they want to bounce ideas off you. They want your energy. They want to learn from you. They want to be inspired by you. So get yourself to that point. Um, you know, some people are doing jobs that they hate. I read this article this morning and it said that um, that said 60% of the heart attacks, I believe, happen on Monday mornings, okay? Monday mornings between like 7 and 9. This is when people are going to work. So they're going to jobs they absolutely hate, okay? Hate. So um, if you're in that place, that I'm not telling you to quit your job because uh, we can't always just up and quit our job because we do have responsibilities. But start writing down and start thinking about what you want your life to be like. Um, for me, uh, when I came from those deep, dark places, um, I surrounded myself around people that gave me hope, you know, that gave me a lot of hope, you know, that really inspired me that, uh, you know, I still I still love that story about T.D. Jakes talking about, you know, he preached the same six people for nine years and his, his church wouldn't grow. It wouldn't do anything. It was stagnant. And now. You look at him. He's huge. He's everywhere. I mean, every channel wants him. Uh, he could do events every day all around the world. But, you know, he chooses to be at his church most Sundays, which I think is special and awesome because he sees value in those people who are right there in his network and right there close to him. But I'm sure he never thought that was going to happen when he was in that same little bitty church in West Virginia trying to preach to those same people. You know, I, I, I'm sure he never imagined that his life was going to turn into this. For me, when I was sitting in that sitting at that red light, 
I never imagined my life was going to turn into this. And we're not done. I mean, this is just getting started. This is just the tip of the iceberg. We're just warming up here. Soon we're going to have uh, some of the biggest names in self-help uh, on this show. We're gonna, they're, they're reaching out. I'm reaching out to them. I want to know how they got there. And this is a journey. I'm still learning. I'm st- I still enjoy being around these people who, to me, seem larger than life. They seem so big that I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever be that big. But um, you never really know until you give it your all, until you put everything you've got into it and you don't look back. You rid of the naysayers. You know, if you're not growing and when you do grow, you'll know you're growing when you when you when people that have been in your life for a really long time really start to either migrate out of your life or or you just don't resonate with them. Y'all are just not really buds anymore. You can still love them. You can still care for them. You can still be there to help them if they need you. But as far as hanging out with them and consulting with them for every decision, um, growth—it just doesn't happen that way. You know, your childhood friends—they're probably gonna—they're probably gonna go in a direction that you're not going because you're going up, and people have a tendency to get very complacent and very stagnant. This world moves in way too fast to be stagnant. Too many things are happening too quick. The way we do things, the way we did things 10 years ago and the way we do things today, it's unrecognizable. So if we're not continuing to grow and continue to surround ourselves with people who are all about growth and all about development and all about being better and being the best, um, the best part of this is you never truly win. You never win. You're always a way to do a little bit more, be a little bit better. But if you're enjoying the journey, it's okay. Okay, so it's not like you're being defeated when you don't when you don't actually hit the threshold of the top. You're not being defeated. Um, You're just enjoying the journey and knowing every single day that you're getting a little bit better. So um, that's really what this show is all about is helping you find some peace with being better, finding some peace with your struggles and heartbreaks and heartaches and just understanding that, look, we have all been there. Every mentor I've ever had in my life, everybody I listen to, whether it be a podcast or a radio show or whatever, um, you know, I get as much from hearing about their struggles as I do their advice. You know, I love I love hearing about these these low points. Not that I like not that I enjoy hearing people not do well. What I really enjoy hearing is how they improve their situation. How did it get better? How did they improve? How did they get to where they are? Because that's what we always want to know. All we see is the the bright lights and the glitz and the glam and the fancy cars and fancy houses and all this stuff. But how did you do it? That's the real question. So uh, I'm going to have a lot of these people on this show and uh, they're going to tell us exactly how they do it and uh, how they did it. I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn just like you are. So stay tuned. Stay tuned for the following weeks. You know, in the next few weeks, we're going to have a few. I mean, just great stuff, great content that really touches and resonates with you. If you know people um, that could could be inspired by this message today and be inspired by this show, uh, we are actually on we're on the podcast on iPhone. We're on Spotify. So actually, I'm on Facebook as well. So there's lots of places to find the show, share the show. And if you believe it can help someone, I mean, everybody that's entered my life is because somebody else shared it with me. I didn't just go stumble upon things. Uh, somebody said, hey, I think this would help you. Uh, if you think this would help someone else, uh, please share it. You know, if you have questions about this, definitely find a way to reach out. There's all kinds of ways to get to me and reach me. Um, I'm pretty accessible at this point. So um, use me as a resource. I'm more than happy to help you any way I can. If I can't help you, I will be more than happy to find someone who can help you. And we will uh, see you next week. This is going to be a, a this is start. This is the beginning of something great. And I am so excited uh, that I've been chosen just to be a part of this and share this journey with you. Y'all have a wonderful day.